You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 103. I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's a bit earlier than usual for me, at least. So bear with us, please. <laughs> Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, we thank you so much. Uh, we would also very much appreciate it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Spotify. Um, we didn't have a podcast last week because we're both ill. Yes. And uh, <laughs> <coughs> we probably should have been hindsight recorded after uh, We're on Fables show on Instagram. And oh yeah yeah <laughs> maybe we should have just gone straight after that yeah the next day the next day me and you were like really ill so oh, yeah so fable um who is known as one collection down on instagram has uh he's returned on instagram we did the instagram show weekly uh cool and it's, i think episode three came out saturday yeah which playing was fable and his amazing friends that's right and we were the we were amazing episode. friends <laughs> yeah, we were on episode two. That's the best. Uh, so far, that's his best show, episode two. Of course it is. Uh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we woke up the next day, me and Jasmine, where we normally record on a Sunday, and we felt I had no voice. awful. We were like, <laughs> so I'd been struggling for about a week, and I'd started to get better on the Saturday, and then Sunday I was like, I'm feeling terrible, Jasmine's feeling terrible. <clears throat> we were like, oh, let's just see how it goes. And, and to be honest, I felt pretty terrible week. And yeah, I think, just, I, think just, I went to bed Sunday night at like 7 p.m. <laughs> I was not, like, I am done with today. Yeah, uh, I suppose why not? Like, yeah, you know, if you're if you're feeling sick. So anyway, um, because we didn't record last week's episode, we decided to, in the sort of old school fashion of a uh, a double feature. We're yeah, yeah, do a double feature review. We're gonna you're getting do... a two for one today. No, no catch up, no news, yeah. no nothing like that. We're gonna jump straight into um, Black Panther. Yes. So Black Panther, based off uh, Marvel Comics, Black Panther, which um, obviously I'm sure you'll be very aware of if you're here, uh, was written by Ryan Cougar, directed by Ryan Cougar, starred the late Chaswick Bosman, Michael B. Jordan. Peter Nyong'o? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did I, Guerrero? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Martin Freeman, I can do that. Like, Daniel uh, Kaluuya? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Letitia, Letitia Wright, uh, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, obviously I can do that, uh, Forrest Whitaker and Andy Serkis, who I always love Andy Serkis. Me too, me too. Uh, just always think of Lord of the Rings. but Of course, um, how could you not? So vastly different though in this role. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, released in, uh, in the United States on February 16th, 2018. It ran for 134 minutes. It cost them 200 and... 200 million US dollars and it made 1.3 billion at the box office. Yeah. Wow. There's Talk no about a return on investment. There's no way that wasn't making a sequel. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, quick summary here. So, following his initial appearance in Captain America's Civil War, where we got introduced to him and he, um, you know, clashed a little bit against Captain America and the Winter Soldier. We won't cover that here, but we also got to meet his father in Civil War who passed away in Civil War. One day we'll cover Civil War and we'll go into that more. Anyway, this movie was IMDb summary here. T'Challa, heir to the hidden 
but advanced kingdom of Wakanda must step forward to lead his people into a new future and must confront a challenger from his country's past. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I watched this originally in 2018 at the cinema. I can remember this. I came in a couple of minutes late. Um, don't normally come in late to the movie, so I did miss the first couple of minutes. I remember when I came in, um, I saw the confrontation between T'Challa's father and the uncle didn't really know what's going on and i missed that initial intro um anyway i haven't rewatched this movie at all until uh we were going to review this movie so i've got to put my hands up in the air i didn't like this movie when it first came out um, oh my gosh so but when thank I you so much it, for listening to our podcast guys that's it for us for today <laughs> <laughs> no but like when i rewatched it it completely changed my opinion yeah like, like i i'm glad i rewatched it and do you know what i think it is um i think we've been so used to how marvel and in a sense dc make superhero movies yes um they're mainly in america mm-hmm. they very rarely go outside of america i know the second Spider-Man film went around Europe. But again, it's places I'm familiar with. Um, and I think we're just very much used to those style of movies. Right. And in a sense, when they are in America, um, or even with DC movies, when they're in Gotham or Metropolis, um, Metropolis, sorry, uh, with Superman, that, although they're fictional cities, they're ones that we are very aware of because Batman and Superman are characters that I'm very familiar with, having yeah. grown up with them. You know, I think the Michael Keaton Batman was like the late 80s or something. Um, so they're, they're, although they're fictional cities, they're places that I have a, a, you know, knowledge of and a link to, and they're not jarring. Yeah. I think watching the first Black Panther, it wasn't just a Black Panther movie, it was a Wakanda movie, and it was uh, the whole society and and something that was very different from. Captain, sorry, from Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And I think, do you know, I was actually thinking about this. It's very much like Black Adam. So Black Adam wasn't yeah. just a Black Adam movie. Black Adam was introducing a whole new city, mm-hmm. whole new type of way of life, a whole, whilst it, it was in the DCEU and we had, um, you know, some links to the DCEU, like, like the Black Panther movie, it had mm-hmm. some links to the MCU. It was a fairly standalone movie and you didn't even really need to have watched Civil War because they kind of covered enough links and flashbacks to Civil War to show that. Uh, and I think when I watched it, it was very, I think, jarring and not very much what I was used to watching. Yeah. Uh, so I remember walking out of there thinking, I don't know if I enjoyed it. I was like, and uh, but that was me. That's not saying there's anything wrong with the movie. I just yeah. think it was just I went in there expecting a certain type of film. Ah, exactly. And, and it and did I, not deliver what you were expecting. I guess so, yeah. Like, And then yeah. when I rewatched this about a week ago, I watched it with my wife and we both sat there and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think I'm glad I rewatched it for this podcast because um, for a long time I thought I didn't like it. But I, I always liked all the characters. Yeah. And I liked what I, – I, I remember that, like, I remember because obviously they were in Civil War and Endgame and Infinity War. I liked all the characters and I liked all the interactions. And I always remember that classic line with Ch- Chadwick Bosman going to Captain America. I think it was in Infinity War, um, get this man a shield. And, yes. Uh, or, or Endg- <laughs> no, it was, it was Endgame, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 it was Infinity War. It was Infinity War. Uh, get this man a shield. Like, I always remember that line. Like, and I always loved that interaction between Ca- um, Captain America and Black Panther. And mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I rewatched it. And I definitely would say on second viewing, I actually really did enjoy this movie. And I think going into it, I guess, you know, with the knowledge of what to expect was, was better for me. Um, yeah. So, 
and yeah, that's kind of, I guess, my summary of this movie, really. Like, my thoughts on it. What about yourself? So I saw it three times in theatres. Um, so you hated every moment of it. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was, it was like, a whole new experience. Like, I was really excited that Marvel was taking the chance to tell such a different story. And I, I went in with very low expectations because a lot of times like these big conglomerates, like the Marvels and the DCs, like it's, it's always kind of up in the air, like whether or not they're going to have the nuance that comes when you're introducing an entirely different culture to the comic world. Um, and so, but I think that Black Panther was the first time that Marvel proved that they had the chops to tell this kind of story and to tell it well. And I think Black Panther is what opened the door for us to get stories like Moon Knight and Miss Marvel and like to to tell those stories that have sort of this cultural thread that goes throughout the entire series. Um, to me, Black Panther was the the thing for Marvel that made them realize like if you let people tell their own stories, they're going to be able to do it much better than, you know, some guy in a boardroom deciding what is going to sell. Right. Uh, so Black Panther for me was it was a whole different experience of like, I can't believe that we get to see like an African nation that is thriving versus like those poor kids with the distended bellies and flies like in their eyelashes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that we're getting to see an Africa that is not poor, that is not destitute, that is not like depending on the help of rich white countries. You know what I mean? And And that was. That was really exciting to see because that is definitely not something that we ever get to see. Um, and I loved how they played up the different tribes and how each tribe had their own like color scheme and had their own, you know, way of dressing. And every everything was just so vibrant and great. And it was just really awesome to see that on screen. And I also love the way that they kind of portrayed the uh, like Killmonger. I thought that he was such a i'd say like a modern villain because to me what he wanted was practical except he went about it in a very impractical way yeah um and so i think that that was really cool because the first black panther film did a really good job of having gray area where it was kind of like this guy's a bad guy because obviously he's like kills people but at the same time like I'm not upset with what you're trying to do. Like I can see, I can see your thought process and I can see how that makes sense. But like, maybe let's not just like wage war on, on the rest of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I really, I mean, I love this first film from the very beginning. It, it, I mean, it's, you know, it sounds heavy, but like it just, it meant a, a lot more to me than just another superhero movie. It was lovely to see a, so many black superheroes in in one place uh but at the same time it was so great to see a thriving african nation versus uh you know just this crazy poor african nation that's depending on help from other people yeah uh, yeah no i i think that's great like um that's something i i remember saying at the time actually just it was i i, can, I think my words were it was very i think brave but also modern of disney to yeah have the confidence in this movie and yeah like you know predominantly i think 
I'm just trying to think now, before 2008, mainly we'd seen, I guess, <clears throat> white male lead movies. So yeah. uh, from Marvel, I mean. And I know towards the end of the 90s, we had Blade. But that, I think, has been one of the only real exceptions. So yeah. Uh, I know we've had Spawn, but that didn't do that well. <laughs> uh, like, uh, but yeah, predominantly, like superhero movies have shied away from, I guess, well, from many like like many cultures other than white, really, and even even female leads. I know we got Black yeah. Widow last year, um, but yeah, we haven't really seen that many. I think in terms of diversity, so yeah. Um, yeah, so this this that, that I remember at the time saying I thought was was good that we were finally seeing them expand. Yeah, and I mean we'll talk about the second one later, but it's made me now more curious to see what else they can do. Oh yeah. So, um, because Marvel obviously is, you know I know I know they haven't I know like for instance the Inhumans was a flop on the TV series side of things, but actually if they were to come back and do it properly the way they should have done it. Like there's another, you know, the Marvel has got lots of other societies out there, right? And like, and um, I haven't read many Black Panther comics, but I know that there was a series recently where Black Panther, where, where Wakanda actually had um, part of society, their society that expanded into space, and hmm. um, so that there was like another part of Wakanda had left and gone into space and had their own own societies and stuff like that. I, I'm actually curious to read that now. But yeah, no, I, I, I'd be interested to see what other things Marvel could be willing to do if they were to have the confidence in not just pushing, you know, Spider-Man and stuff right. like that. So, exactly. If they would um, just step into some of the characters that they already have. Like, you, it's yeah. not like you have to create all new characters for this stuff. They're already there, but you just put yeah. them in the hands of the right people and let them fly. Yeah, I also I mean, love that they they took so much like they they actually took like pieces of different African cultures and put them into the film like the the language that they speak it's based on oh yeah Kosa. Was... um and I thought that was super super cool to to see that like when have you ever seen a superhero movie where they're speaking <coughs> Kosa with the clicks and everything I think also like when they talked about um how Wakanda was made up of different tribes mm -hmm. and, and I loved how they play around with the sort of the um the background of of Africa itself like mm -hmm. they don't just they, they incorporate actual to me it felt like realism and even yeah. the, the dress the dress the, the way they dressed and um uh sort of the piercings that you see on their mm -hmm. faces and their ears and um and also you see that as well I think with with Namor as well in the second mm -hmm. one just in terms of the dress they 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 actually just not sticking with what well, they're actually doing their research so yeah I think that's I think that's important to me so yeah so yeah it's it's less about them being comic accurate and more about them being uh, location accurate yeah 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 so um, so in this movie do you have a favorite character in the first movie a uh, favorite character uh, I. It's hard to pick. I think when I, I originally I saw this, I would probably say Okoye might have been my favorite the first time around. Um, and Shuri would have been a close second because I just thought that Shuri was so funny in the first film. Um, and one of my favorite lines from her is when Everett Ross is shot and they bring him back to Wakanda. And she's like, yeah. oh, great. Another broken white boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, imagine they said that the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, if it was an all-white film and someone said something like that, that would be a bad move. Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Like, like, yeah. Um, I think I think Shuri is hilarious. I think. Yeah. Oh, to, be, to be honest, uh, she she is. She, she plays a lot of the heart, I think, in this movie. Yeah, um, definitely. And um, I think I love the banter between her and her brother in this film. Yeah. It's very real, real. Yeah. Like, um, obviously, you've got a brother and I've got a sister and. Seeing the banter between them is very, it felt very real. And I can imagine oh, yeah. they probably were really good like, friends on set. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine it was quite a humorous set to film this in. So. I, I think so too. Yeah. I, I like when you hear stories about them filming the first film, it seems like the cast came together like pretty, pretty early on and like mm. just enjoyed the process. Yeah. I, so I, I thought about this with favorite characters and I thought I can't not say T'Challa, like, because, <laughs> you know, with yeah. him not being in the second mm-hmm. one um so I, I i would say t'challa was my favorite in this movie and not not ju- i'm not just saying that because he's not in the second film i i think chasnick bosman from seeing him from his first i remember seeing him in his first ever tv show person unknown uh i remember watching that like 12 years ago uh-huh. and he was like a military guy um and seeing how far as an actor he's come and also to think how far this character's come from the fact that this is a character you probably never would have dreamed would get their own movie, let alone make over one billion US right. dollars. Right. Uh, and just the growth of his character from I know if I'm talking about from the page, from the comic book page to mm-hmm. you know, a character created, you know, sixties, seventies, you know, and now actually having this movie, yeah. Also a movie done well. Like Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I I, I felt, and I think in a way, what they did with this movie helped to strengthen the second film, where whilst Chadwick Boseman's um, T'Challa Black Panther was the, the central character of the movie, mm-hmm. they did well that they didn't just put it all behind him right. and push all the other characters down. They did well to essentially incorporate his mum, his sister, mm-hmm. the, the sort of the guards. Um, they actually showed you know, a like a cohesive unit, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. one guy. Yeah. Well, I also I also think actually like a cohesive universe in essentially mm-hmm. they showed a really strong society. They showed how it was all built together, you know, from the you know, the different tribes, the different leaders, you know, from their their ceremonies, their their mm-hmm. legacy. They built so much in. And actually seeing Chadwick have fallen on his shoulders that he's now king, but also now he's Black Panther. He has to save the throne. You know, he has to respect the legacy of his of his past. You know, he has to uh, atone for the crimes of his father. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to stand up and save his whole society uh, and his kingdom. And you know, a lot within that movie went down. And essentially, I felt felt like he made very good decisions very early on. Yeah, like even when he was getting challenged for the throne, you know. For him, it wasn't about killing this person in ritual combat. He said, "You know, submit." He's like, "Your people need you." Mm-hmm. Like he had very wise, he had very wise head on young shoulders yeah. for a, for a leader of a king. Now that probably comes a lot into actually kings aren't just overnight. He was born knowing he would one day be king. Mm-hmm. So I imagine from the moment he started to develop uh, intelligence, you know, seven or eight years old. T'Challa was probably already started to be grown to be a king a bit mm-hmm. like what you probably see in the real world like where we're over here in the UK William and Kate um already know that one day William knows he'll be king 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's in his early 40s, but he knows whether that's 30 years from now, one day William will be king here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, you know, that's the life he's living. And obviously then he knows that his children, you know, his old, uh, is it George, his, old, his oldest son, mm-hmm. I can't remember how old George is, like eight or something. George probably has already been told one day you will be king. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, that's 60 years from now, probably. But they're, they're born into that, knowing that, and they yeah. have to unfortunately live a very different life to the life me and you live you know of course yeah they can't they can't go down the pub on a friday night and get absolutely smashed unless you're harry well so, yeah but, but you're second born well, if you're second born then you yeah. you are insignificant yeah. well i would say insignificant you're but, insignificant but but, but, you, but you're not going to see the crown anytime soon right so right. i mean for harry to get the crown like a lot of people got to die. So, a lot, yeah, yeah, a whole lot. Like, let's, let's not talk no, about that no, though. No, 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 no. Or, or the other thing that can happen is they can choose to not take it. But anyway, coming mm. back to to Black Panther, T'Challa obviously was born knowing he'd be a king, and yeah, we didn't see that background. It'd make very interesting reading, or you know, if they were to do an animated series or some sort of prequel, it'd be quite interesting to see. Him, him growing up and stuff like that. Maybe one day Marvel will obviously want to keep putting out content on Disney Plus. Maybe one day we'll get some sort of T'Challa in his younger days. But yeah. like to see to see the the growth in this movie from him arriving back at Wakanda and everything that he has to go through, getting challenged, mm-hmm. um, you know, making decisions for Wakanda, and then at the very end when he says actually he's going to do something different, he wants to actually try and bring Wakanda into the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, th- I felt like that was very, very good, like um, in terms of um, how he wants to change how the dynamics of Wakanda work with the, real, the, the rest of the world. Right. But that, that, that's probably ideas he may have had even before he became king. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, when you're not king, you can't make those decisions. So, Well, I think uh, he was also heavily influenced by Nakia because that was her dream. He yeah. because early on after the you know, after the funeral and after the ceremonial rites, he he and she were talking and it was just kind of like, no, 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 no. We can't we can't let people know what we have, because if we do, they're going to want it. And she was like, no, what we can do is we can take our wealth of resources and we can do what colonizers do, but we just do it better. Like we don't have to enslave people and we don't have to put people under our thumb. We can actually use our technology to lift people up Um and so I think that she probably had a, a really big influence on him by the end of the film deciding, you know what, this is Wakanda, this is what we have, and this is what we are going to contribute to the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, okay, so the structure of the movie, I'll talk the structure of the movie and move on to our second uh, feature. Anyway, the structure of the movie, for me, I, I, I mean, we've touched on this a little bit as we've been going on, but I thought they did really well in terms of actually introducing or reintroducing Chadwick Bosman's character as T'Challa. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we met him in Civil War. Um, but you could pick up this movie not having seen Civil War. So I think they did a good introduction of reintroducing him or introducing him if you were new and not having seen Civil War. Because mm. not everybody's a Captain America fan, right? Like, yeah. not everybody's going to watch those Captain America films um, for various reasons. Some people, you know, Steve Rogers is a very different character to T'Challa. So people... Yeah will not necessarily gravitate towards those films. And also, 
the, those three Captain America movies, the first one is very different to the second two. Mm-hmm. So I imagine there's some people that watch the first one and thought, I'm not watching those second two. Yeah. Um, and I, I, like, you know, because they're, they're very tonally different, aren't they? Right. So you may not, not have gone in caring about Civil War. So I felt that like the structure of this movie was done well in the sense of you get to get dropped into this world. You get a unique introduction into actually Vibranium, um, uh-huh. which I think is very um it's very modern in terms of marvel's storytelling yeah um and then we get that flashback with t'challa's father mm-hmm. and and then we get then t'challa arrives and we get to see the hidden city of wakanda mm-hmm. i love things like that the hidden cities and yeah all that. but it, but it's not hidden through stepping through you know like the Indiana Jones style films where they go through a waterfall and then mm-hmm. suddenly it's opening up and you know you've got this whole city. It's not hidden through that. It's actually hidden through an invisible force field. Yeah, through technology. That's how, yeah, that's yeah. how advanced they are. Like mm-hmm. imagine imagine right now if there was a city in this it, like in the real world, in the you know, in the world where there's actually a hidden city, hidden away that none of us know about that are two thousand, three thousand more advanced than the rest of the world, but they're mm-hmm. so peaceful and their society is just so different like that they know that they're advanced they know mm-hmm. that their technology could be devastating so they can see actually the rest of the world is nuts so we're not letting <laughs> you know like we're not letting biden or yeah Putin screw those guys or, and, and, and any of them guys like they might yeah. give it to that canadian president because he seems pretty chilled out but like you know like and uh i forget his name now but, uh, <coughs> but justin uh, yeah 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 like don't want to give it to columbia or anything like that so uh yeah you know, and um, the Australians seem pretty chilled out as well. I might let them have some, but uh, like for the rest of the world, no way. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, um, yeah. So uh, you know, but imagine those all seats like hidden away completely with their own, like we just said, society. And I think they, they, you know, we've just said this already. There, how they integrated all of the tribes to show us uh, the world that they're in, the Wakanda. It doesn't feel like flat and it doesn't feel like they show the same two or three sets you know they and i know they only spent 200 million on this but i i would imagine i can't imagine chadwick bossman got paid that much money like he probably did well mm-hmm. but he probably didn't get like robert downey jr money to be in this film right um so that's probably why they were able to uh, angela bassett probably got paid good money but again, she was a secondary character, so maybe not a massive amount. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of their budget, I would imagine, went into the set, CGI, the CGI yeah. yeah, that kind of thing, and promotion. And their costumes, and because yeah, they, costumes, they, yeah. they won an Oscar for yeah. their costume design. And I think Ruth Carter is definitely on track to pick up another one with the second film. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, I think in terms of the, the script as well, if the dialogue between all of the characters it felt natural mm-hmm. um sometimes like when you're watching something you can tell it feels forced or like um um you know just not real realistic and yeah. everything about it felt realistic and yeah just you know and their their mannerisms between each other mm-hmm. you can see there was a lot I, I think you know you know they talk about chemistry like the chemistry between them all and i'm not talking about like love in, interest yeah just exactly the, like, like the, like the, the, the the chemistry between them all just felt real realistic yeah. it actually like, felt like the cast liked each other like yeah. it did not you didn't feel any kind of odd tension or anything like that and, and you could tell that they genuinely didn't like killmonger so maybe michael b jordan was like, well, <laughs> no, 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 joking. that clearly was acting but like uh so but i imagine michael b jordan 
is a fairly strong <clears throat> character. Uh, sorry, actor. Michael B. Jordan's probably it. Uh, and he's been in the game a long time. He, he was like, I don't know how old he was, like 12 in The Wire or something. Um, so I used to love him in The Wire. So um, it's weird, actually, because we only watched The Wire like two years ago, finished The Wire two years ago. So seeing him go from being a kid to suddenly being in like Panther was yeah. quite Surreal. Well, see, so. Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler have a history because they Ryan Coogler directed Fruitvale Station, which was based on a true story about a cop in San Francisco that killed a guy, killed a black guy on um, one of their BART trains. Um, so that's that was probably why Michael B. Jordan had such a deep connection with with Black Panther, just because him and Ryan Coogler have that connection. Yeah, I um, haven't seen that, but I'd like to. Um, that right. is a watch it once and you never have to watch it again like it is it is a hard watch it's great it is a hard watch maybe one day then so <laughs> uh is there anything you would have cut or changed or anything like that um not particularly i i thought that the pacing in this first film was good i loved that we got background into Killmonger that we got to see you know what the bad guys were up to that we got to see how T'Challa was navigating wanting uh what is his name oh what's Andy Serkis's character's name jeez oh I've forgotten as well okay uh, anyway he was so he wanted that guy but at the same time like trying to play politics with the Americans to kind of make sure that they stay on the same page and they stay hidden so I, I loved the dance that they did between like, no, we're a poor country. Ooh, no, we can't do that to like being this badass superpower. Um, so, oh, Claw, Ulysses Claw. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I loved that. And I thought that Claw was so funny. Like for a bad guy, he was so snappy. Like I thought that the dialogue was really snappy between everyone. Everyone was really witty nothing none of the lines felt forced like any of those zingers they all landed perfectly like when when martin freeman asked him some kind of question and andy circus is like oh yeah i do have a mixtape coming out do you want it like i'll send you the soundcloud <laughs> link <laughs> like <laughs> what the hell <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was like the, the way that they kind of interweaved the humor and and like i said everybody all of their everything all the interactions felt really natural it didn't feel Force, none of the characters felt out of place to me. Um, I just, I really enjoyed the way that everybody played off of each other. Um, and I think some of my favorite sequences, uh, I'd have to say like the first time we see the waterfall where everybody is standing in the falls and they're dancing and singing and it's like this really joyful kind of thing. That was a really great scene. Um, but I also love it when Chadwick comes back after uh after getting the heart shaper when he's up with the jabari and he comes back and he's like i never yielded and as you can see i am not dead <laughs> i was <laughs> like yeah man go get your throne back <laughs> yeah 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 but but yeah like kill one was like don't listen to him yeah like, he's like no nah, no nah, we're done with that man i'm over it yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah you're, you're done with it because you've got the crown now like, yeah yeah you know, oh yeah sorry you want to play by the rules until you've got the crown but yeah uh, the one thing i would have cut or changed sorry not cut one thing i would have changed was I wouldn't have killed Killmonger off at the end. Yeah, me neither. That that, that that's like my one beef with this yeah. film is is why did we have to lose him? But I think the the way that it didn't feel so like like a, such a wasted loss was because 
of what he said. And he was like, no, 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 no. If, because if I let you guys keep me alive, like I know for sure you're going to put me in chains and I would rather die than be in jail. So hmm. I think, I think more, I say the two reasons why I say, I wish he hadn't died is one, they do this a lot in Marvel and DC movies. They kill off the villain. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame when you kill off the villain, because then you can't bring them back. Right. And I'm not, but I don't get me wrong. I think <clears throat> they do this a lot on TV. Like Black Lightning, for instance, four seasons, mm-hmm. the same flipping villain throughout all four seasons. It is annoying. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you need to let a villain go. Yeah. And they do this a lot in TV. They struggle to let villains go. Now, in movies, because movies are so rare and few and far between, uh, especially big budget ones like this, you know, it's been four years since Black Panther one to two. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I wanted to play, uh, kill Monger necessarily in the second one, like to have a bigger part than he did in the first one. But actually, sometimes the story can require mm-hmm. you to bring back your previous villain. I yeah. think if you think about like um, like the Joker, for instance, in the Batman world, yeah, Michael Keaton, they killed him off. But actually, it would have been really cool to have brought back uh, Jack Nicholson later on in those movies. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been a cool thing to do. And they do it. They do it a lot. Unfortunately, they do kill their big villains off. Yeah. I'm not saying I want the villain to be in every movie, but if there's an opportunity, even yeah. sometimes, like imagine if Heath Ledger hadn't died. Um, I any money the Joker would have been in the third film. Yeah, like but but that Batman film addresses the yeah, yeah. the dichotomy between Batman and Joker, and and for them to have said it out loud on screen is what made the difference because he was Joker essentially is like there is no you without me. Like yeah, you you and I need each other to to make this work. Yeah. Um, and I think just kind of acknowledging that is what gives you the longevity. Like for Marvel, the only villain that they keep around is Zemo. Like Loki. Well, yeah. And and they switched Loki. Like they've turned Loki into some kind of like weird anti-hero, you know? So um, that's the other trouble as well. When they carry the villain on too long in the end, he can't stay a bad, he or she can't stay a bad guy in the end. And um, did you ever see a TV series called Farscape? Uh, No, but I've heard of it. Okay, so in Farscape, there's a line in the in towards the end of the second to the last season, or it might be in the last season, and it's so true. So basically, Farscape went on for like four seasons in a mini series or something. Yeah, and every time, so basically, season one had its a villain, and then season two, three, etc. They kind of the main villain, whatever, and the the star of the series, he he said it out loud. What happens with our like he said our bad guys or something? I can't remember what word he used for the bad guys, but he said something like, first they chase us, then they join us." Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, and, but it's so true though. The longer they stay around, so yeah. I, like what I'm trying to say is, there's a fine line, but I just think the go-to in a lot of movies is to kill the bad guy off. And I'm just yeah. saying, and the re- and the other, so that brings me on to what the other reason why I wouldn't have wanted Killmonger to be killed off. Because obviously nobody knew what was going to happen with Chadwick. Yeah. And I think, not saying necessarily that he would have made a good Black Panther in the second movie, but if we could have seen a journey of growth Mm -hmm. for him to maybe reform, and that would have been a really cool story to have seen Killmonger maybe potentially be affected by Chadwick's loss and... Uh, or T'Challa, you know, T'Challa, the loss of T'Challa and mm-hmm. and maybe the, you know, what happens in the second film, it would have been quite an interesting tale to have seen Killmonger go through a journey of, um, you know, remorse and 
and uh and change for his character that that would have been pretty cool i'm not see. sure he would have though maybe I, if you I'm, don't know i'm not sure he would have um and i will say like i think <clears throat> there had been this whole big push after chadwick's death to like recast t'challa and i think what chadwick did with this film was pretty incredible because this this black panther didn't start principal photography until early 2017 chadwick boseman was diagnosed with stage three cancer in 2016 so he was already battling cancer the entire time he was filming this movie going through the production process going through the release like he had already been living with this diagnosis and just hadn't really told anyone you know what i mean and i think that is a ridiculous testament to how I guess like how important he thought this role was to balance, you know, treatments and all of that kind of stuff with the rigorous filming schedule, plus all of the physical, you know, training that he had to do to get in shape for the role. Um, And like, even when they filmed civil war, like he was still, he had already been diagnosed by then. And it's just kind of like, what, what must be going through your mind? Because, you know, stage three is, is, pretty far along and eventually obviously it it led to stage four and then eventually led to his death but stage three is not like early stages of cancer so to be diagnosed with late stage cancer and to still put on the performance that he did i think that that is pretty incredible yeah um okay so obviously the movie finishes with T'Challa beating Killmonger, like we said, and mm. huge, fantastic fight scene at the end. Um, talking of scenes, or the word scene, did you have any favourite scenes throughout throughout the movie before we bring it to a close? Uh, no, I kind of already touched on the waterfall and yeah. um, a couple of other things, but that's those are yeah. pretty much my no, favorites. that's fine. Yeah. So the movie ends and we get a mid credit scene which actually had nothing to do with the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the callback to Civil War. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of link it around where you get to see Winter Soldier, a.k.a. the White Wolf, yes. as they call him, coming out with no arm. And yeah. that's kind of really it. And it's kind of just a lead-in into Endgame. So. Yeah. Now, that one is a direct correlation. Like, So if you watch Civil War, at the very end of Civil War, Cap asks T'Challa, hey, can you please help him? Can you help yeah my friend get better. And so they send Bucky to Wakanda to kind of undo the brainwashing that Red Skull had done to him in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's like waking up for the first time and he has, they took his arm and they're going to give him a new arm at which we see in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> rating out of five. This one gets a five. Yeah, no, I'll give it a five too. It gets a five. Yeah. It, it was exciting and it was new and it was different and it was fun and funny but it was also serious and they pulled in so much real world stuff like i just the idea that killmonger was saying you guys have the most advanced technology in the world like there is no reason that we can't use this technology to help our people all over the world so we can help oppress people everywhere if we can arm them with the weapons that you have here um which very dangerous mindset but at the same time like 
I can still see why like this, you think that this is the way to free your people. Um, and so I, I just, I loved it. I loved how real it was, but at the same time, you still get this big fantasy element of it. Um, and it was just, it was just like a visual treat. So this, this movie, it got a five for me when I watched it in 2018 and it still gets a five today. I think probably in 2018, I would have given it less, but now I haven't rewatched it. I do give it a five out of five. So, <laughs> yes. um, but yeah. Uh, okay. So moving into our second feature. So since the first movie of Black Panther, uh, he showed up in Endgame, Infinity War. <clears throat> uh, T'Challa also showed up in the What If cartoon, which was also voiced by Chadwick Boseman. That was um, his last gig yeah yeah uh which uh the what if cartoon was on disney plus uh there was nine episodes and um have you watched it by the way no i've only watched the first two so i saw the peggy carter one and then i saw this one with t'challa star lord okay um so i love that miniseries what miniseries i think it's gonna have a second season so i love that season anyway of what if mm-hmm. so uh unfortunately Chadwick, uh unfortunately chadwick bosman passed away on the 28th of august 2020 before this movie even started filming. I did hear that he was given a copy of the script three weeks before he passed away. So I can imagine that his script was massively rewritten. Yes. Origi- um, the rumor is that originally the plot of the film was going to be a lot of T'Challa struggling with all of the time that he missed while he was gone in the snap mm-hmm. and how his five years away has this effect on him now that he's back. That would have been a unique storyline to have seen. Yeah, because I think, like, on the one hand, you you would definitely struggle with what happened to my kingdom while I was gone, mm-hmm. um, and how can I just come back and step into it like nothing happened? Um, so, like, to fight with I've been gone from my people for five years, and and also now you have this threat of this whole new society that nobody even knew about like threatening your kingdom. So it would have, I think it would have been a really interesting, I think it would have been just as cerebral as the film turned out to be. Uh, but I think that would have been a really interesting concept to explore as well. I heard as well that, cause you know, in Endgame, they make a scene about underwater earthquakes. Yes. And everybody at the time were like, anyone that any, anyone that knew anything about comics was like, that's gotta be Namor. That's gotta be Namor. Apparently that wasn't, they just threw that as a line in there. Yeah. Um, so I think they, were, they probably were hoping by, I, I, I don't know if Marvel fully had the rights back to Namor at that point, but um, but anyway, so they, they, you know, it kind of fits in nicely. Yeah. So, you know, I guess you can, as a fan, think of it what you will. Like, of course. Is it, so I'm going to take it that it was Namor. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the script obviously got massively rewritten mm-hmm. and only came out. Uh, the other day so it came out on was it thursday didn't it? yeah it came out the 10th november 10th yeah so i saw it yesterday on the 12th you've seen it on the 10th i saw it on the 10th and i'm going as soon as we're done with this i'm gonna go see it again <laughs> so who, who did you see it with on the 10th by myself oh, okay and then who are you gonna see it with today i'm taking my mom and my aunt oh okay it's a girl's trip <laughs> did, did you go on your own straight away because you're just desperate to see it before it got ruined then yes I so okay. I went I left work early uh, and I went on Thursday and there were not very many people in my theater. I had an entire row um, to myself. So. Wow, that's crazy. I would have thought it would have been fairly packed on open. But I went kind of early. That I think that's oh. that's probably well, like why. Four, so like four, if I had gone, yeah, like if I had gone at like seven or eight o'clock at night, I think it would have been packed. 
yeah the cinema i was in was was fully booked so yeah. um i went to there's a cinema near me called the light and um me and my wife had sofa seats so Oh, fancy. yeah yeah like it's a new cinema like it had like recliner like Yeah, feet so the place that I'm going today, it's the kind where it's like you got the recliner seats, but they also serve you food. Um, oh yeah so yeah yeah it's gonna be like a whole like brunch film type deal. And whereas the when I went and saw it the first time, it was just like I got some popcorn <laughs> like in regular movie seats. So Okay, so I came in and I saw some guy sitting next to me had a beer. Um, well, either side of me, like either side of our seats had beers. I said to my wife, I was like, "You want a drink?" She's like, "She doesn't really drink that much." And I was like, "Well, she has the odd wine." I was like, "You want a drink?" She's like, "No, no." I no, come on, let's have a drink. So all right, go on then. So I like ran back out and I went and got her a wine, uh, a large. I deliberately got her a large wine, and uh, like, and uh, grabbed myself a beer. And I was like, "This is nice." This sitting here on the sofa, I've got my feet feet Yeah. raised up, got a beer. I'm like, "This is all right." Like, Yeah. and um, and yeah, and then afterwards, to be honest with you, like we'll talk about this as we go on. But when the film finished, I was like, "Let's go for a beer." I was like, "I need a beer after this." So, Yes, it was, like. I, I literally had that conversation with somebody. I was like, I walked out of that film and it was just like, I was just so quiet. Like it was, Oh yeah. it was, I don't, it's, it wasn't a downer. Like it was not like, a, oh my God, that was super depressing. It was just like, this film was emotionally heavy. Yeah. So Very heavy. anyway, um, so it's based off of the Marvel comic, <clears throat> written by Ryan Coogler, Coogler again, and obviously directed by him too, but written by Joe Robert Cole. And I'll tell you what, you can tell us who I got is the starring names this in time. it. All right. Yeah, So yeah, yeah, this let's one just... stars Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrero, Winston Duke, Florence Kasumba, Dominique Thorne, Michaela Cole, Tena Cuerta, Martin Freeman, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Angela Bassett. Uh, budget of 250 million, spent a bit more. And so far, opening weekend has made 149 million. Yeah, this film is, it's going to do well. I don't know if it's going to cross a billion. Uh, I don't. But I get. I don't know if it will, but it will do. I reckon it's like gonna eight, do well. eight, eight to nine hundred. I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's <coughs> it's going to take off. Um, and I gotta say, like introducing these new characters in this whole new world, like Mister Tenak Huerta. Please, if you are ever like in my area, call me, please, sir. I'm just. I'm just saying, like. <laughs> Also, like, I am obsessed now, and I really want to see, like, a Namor Aquaman showdown. <laughs> I want to see how that goes. Well, do you know what? I would love it if they were to ever, like, pull their heads out of their asses and do Marvel versus DC on the Oh, big my screen. God. Like... I think it would be so funny if you literally just picked all of the characters that are pretty much exactly like each other and, like, made them like a like a Capcom versus Marvel kind of fight like well there, well, there was a Marvel versus DC miniseries that came out about 95 96 I've told you about this a few times and, yeah and they did the amalgam where they merged the characters so like Captain America and uh Superman merged mm -hmm. um Wolverine and Batman merged mm -hmm. uh but they were called Dark Claw um they merged Doctor Strange Doctor Fate and became Doctor Strange Fate Uh, they merged Superboy and Spider Man and became Spider Boy. Uh, they did. They did a whole bunch of these things. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying I want the amalgam verse, but like, it would be cool to have Marvel versus DC. That would Yeah, be pretty cool. I would So, love just some kind of ridiculous meta thing where it's like they all come in contact with each other and they're like, wait, you you could breathe underwater. Me too. Like I can breathe underwater too. Can you talk to the fish? Oh my God. I can talk to the, to the whales. Like this is so cool. I can't. Aquaman and Namor just wouldn't get on. 
Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. So before before we go any further, actually, you want to, I sorry, I hadn't planned this. I just sort of thought about it a minute ago. So this is the end of phase four. So yes. phase four started in 2021 with Black Widow, mm-hmm. carried on with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. then Eternals, then mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home, mm-hmm. then Doctor Strange and the Multiverse in 2022, mm-hmm. uh, then Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Then Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is the last one. Yep. However, this is the first time they incorporated Disney Plus TV shows. So we got what One Division season one, mm-hmm. the F- Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Loki season one, the What If series that we talked about, mm-hmm. Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel. I haven't watched this, but I am Groot. Like, I, don't oh, know if they, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know if that even counts. Uh, she Hulk, Attorney at Law. Um, I haven't seen this, but Werewolf by Night. Um, I've heard such good things about that. I know. I need to watch it. I need to watch it. Yeah. And uh, oh, actually, this probably isn't the last thing then, because the last thing, apparently, according to this list, it's is the Christmas special. Uh, right? The Christmas special, the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So that will be actually the final. Yeah. This is the, the final, final film of Phase Four, and then that's the final TV series of Phase yeah. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. And Ant Man the- kicks off Phase Five. Phase Five. Yeah. So Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Have you seen the trailer, by the way? No hilarious but I, I don't i mean the guardians are just not my thing oh i think you're gonna have to watch it it's got i kevin mean i'll bacon. watch it but like it's got not kevin bacon thing. in it <laughs> they actually bring kevin bacon into into the guardians of the galaxy as, as kevin bacon like, <laughs> the trailer's brilliant they want to cheer cheer up um star lord so they <clears> decide <throat> to go, um, go and kidnap kevin bacon <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> well, I, well i honestly can't wait to watch this like, oh man so, um Anyway, before we go any well further, out of all of those movies, do you have a favorite? Out of the Phase Four film, well, just the movies, the movies, not the TV series. Uh, so you got Black Panther, you got Thor: Love and Thunder, the Multiverse of Madness, No Way Home, Eternals, Shang Chi, and Black Widow. That's tough because I know, I know, there's a lot. Of good I like the last time I was on a long flight, I watched. Shang-Chi like three times on the same flight. Yeah. Uh like I really, really, really love Shang-Chi. Okay, well top three, top three out of these. Oh well top three. Definitely I would I would put Shang-Chi at the top. I'd put Black yeah. Panther Wakanda Forever second, and then I'd put Spider-Man third. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what those probably are the top three? I probably would say Spider-Man No Way Home, then Black Panther, then Shang-Chi. Yeah. Spider- I'm, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Yeah. The Spider-Man was know. so good though. Like, I don't know if you I don't know if you know. Yeah. No way. Um, <laughs> For those of you yeah. listening, Mark has a like Spider-Man banner hanging in his background. <laughs> um, so but I think Marvel should be proud of phase four. Yeah. Finally a lead female movie, Black Panther. I'm disappointed that it didn't in Black have... Widow. So sorry, sorry, Black Widow. Sorry, Black, Black Widow movie. Shang-Chi, obviously an Asian-led movie. Yeah. Eternals obviously is a completely diverse yeah. um you know led movie. Um Spider-Man No Way Home, honestly, what fans have been wanting for years. 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 All three Spider-Man in the yeah. same movie. Yes. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse, I'll be honest, I wasn't too keen on it. I I've still haven't seen it. I still I've haven't got... seen that. I still haven't seen Thor Love and Thunder. Those are I need to just go ahead and sit down and watch them. Uh, Love and Thorn Thunder was okay, um, but Black Panther as well, I think, and that's what we're going to talk about now. Yeah. So, the summary from IMDb: The people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from an intervening world 
uh, from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of their king T'Challa. Mm -hmm. So, do you want to go first in your thought? Uh, just your summary of your thoughts. Uh, I think it drops you. For, well, we didn't say this at the beginning. Spoilers, okay? Like, this movie just came out. It's still opening weekend as it's at the time of recording this. Like, we are literally about to ruin this entire film. So, please be warned. Uh, but as far as this movie, like, it drops you in at the very beginning to T'Challa's death. And I think that was the best possible way they could have done that. It's mm -hmm. like... It's a cold open. You hear background noises and you hear dialogue before images pop up on screen. <coughs> um, and it was literally just chaos in Shuri's lab. And you had no idea what was going on. And you didn't know what was wrong. They were very vague about the disease that the king died of. Um, but I think given the real world situation, I don't see a way that they could have handled T'Challa's death any better. Um it was obviously everything was like off camera, um, but it just it literally drops you into the really heavy emotion at the very, very, very beginning of the film. And it kind of like gets that first big emotional hurdle out of the way. And I think that was perfect because they address it. You're emotional about it. They kind of put it to rest with the funeral and the ceremony. And then it's kind of like, okay, now let's get down to business. Um, and I just think that was that was really great. I, I really thought that they handled that part well. Um, and as far as like the rest of the film, it was the topics that they cover. Like to me, this is not a superhero film. This is a film about grief and how if you don't deal with your grief, it will manifest in awful ways. And I think we see that both with Shuri and with Namor. Like, Namor is, I don't know, 600 years old or something crazy like that. But, like, he is still, everything that he does, he is still kind of grieving and mourning the death of his mother. And Shuri is kind of going through the same process where she is grieving the death of, you know, her brother. And it's kind of just like, this is this is a film about grief to me. It's a film about how you there how there are so many different ways that we can process emotions and like if you if you don't deal with it it's going to it's going to be ugly and that is not what i was expecting at all like I, I don't think i was expecting the big superhero spectacle like i was in the first film but for us to get such a nuanced story before we ever get to like the big battle toward the end of the film um i thought it was just done really really well i i really enjoyed this film even though it was like i'm very glad i had tissues <laughs> uh and i when i saw my wife like there was a few times she she reached for tissues oh, yeah I, no i totally cried three times there are three 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 times i had big cries <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest i didn't cry of course um, you didn't mark <laughs> like, uh i don't think i don't you know only one movie i think ever made me have a tear in my eye and that was calendar girls um oh so, my gosh. have you seen calendar girls i love calendar girls oh no um anyway obviously i'm not a robot i did there was like you know there was points where i did genuinely feel sad yeah um so i 
I've tried, I did watch maybe like one trailer for this movie, but I tried to stay away from as much as possible. Me too. Um, I tried to even stay away from my own thoughts on this movie. I don't mean like, I, you know, I tried to not overanalyze what I thought going in. Right. Um, I, I tried to not overthink who would be Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I'd made an assumption, I'll be honest. I yeah, I was probably- wrong. I, I no, I, I thought to myself it probably is going to be Shuri, mm-hmm. but I was like, but I don't want to just go in thinking it's Shuri because mm-hmm. then I didn't want to like get hopes up but behind that. So I just thought I'm just going to be open minded about whatever approach they take. You know, I knew that Riri Williams was in it, yeah, um, as Ironheart. I knew that we would get that, so I kind of knew that that would happen. I knew that we would see a sort of new Iron Man, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that we would see essentially the world of Wakanda having a much like all of the actors having bigger roles than they mm-hmm. probably originally were supposed to so Angela Bassett you know had oh a God. much bigger role than her for, than the first movie yeah uh, and I'd heard that she sort of was meant to have a much smaller role but they went to her and even asked her if she could do her, do you know what stunts would she feel comfortable in doing and mm-hmm. you know because that <clears> wasn't probably a lot I, I I what I kind of foresaw whilst I watched this film not foresaw whilst I watched this film I kind of imagined lots of these scenes probably were in the original script, yeah. But actually rewritten, where they moved to Chala out, but then moved somebody else into it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously, probably you know, new scenes were obviously created in the wake of T'Challa not being in it. But I imagine that whole big scene with Angela Bassett and Riri in the throne room, I can imagine was probably T'Challa and mm-hmm. Riri. I, I I don't know, like. You know, maybe not, but you know, and even the fight scene at the end with Shuri and Namor, that was probably T'Challa and Namor. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I imagine there was a lot of having to move stuff around to try and make this work. Mm-hmm. Now, because none of it had been filmed, it wasn't like Paul Walker in Fast and Furious. Right. It wasn't right. like them having to piece now together what you know, seventy percent of a completed movie. Yeah, they 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 actually were able. They to had do a the ability rewrite. to start from scratch, yeah. which which yeah. they did. I think they. I think I don't. I'm not sure how much of the original script they kept, but that was one of the reasons that this film got delayed was because they had to start over. Yeah, yeah. So I can imagine a lot of the, you know, the ideas um, were brought over in mm-hmm. terms of introducing Namor and that kind of thing. Um, so they don't actually like say he's from Atlantis. So no. they, you know, and I imagine that's because of Aquaman came out first. They didn't. Yeah, want to he's copy. from Talokan. Yeah, so that that that's pretty new. So I'm not overly <clears throat> knowledgeable on much of the comics world of Namor and mm-hmm. Black Panther, and I've read a lot of Fantastic Four, which I know I've read him in, but um, my knowledge on these characters is pretty weak. But like you said. I, I so I went in with sort of no expectations. I knew that I knew that T'Challa obviously wouldn't be in the movie. <clears throat> I knew they'd have to address it, but I didn't know how they would address it. I thought they did really well. That it was essentially a cold open. They walked in, yes. and literally within about three minutes, they said he's dead. Yeah, uh, and I didn't know how they would kind of do it. I didn't know if it was going to be like ten minutes in, showing various scenes, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I. But I think that was probably the best way of doing it, and it was very sad and emotional. Uh, then one year later. Uh, after his after the funeral scene, it picks up, uh, and then seeing really Angela Bassett as Queen, yeah, mm-hmm. honestly, such a strong actress. Oh like, my god, just, she was phenomenal in this film. Uh, yeah, so just seeing her presence was just probably one of the strongest roles in the movie, and she, I would say, the bulk of this film was probably carried on her shoulders. Yeah, but I, I read a comment before I saw this film was 
that this film has no lead actor, but has a film full of side characters. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that comment, um, but I can understand the ethos of that because a lot of these people were side characters in the first film. Yeah. um, And they just, I would say it's almost like, you could you could almost say it's two things: a film of side characters or a film of lead characters. Yeah, it's I would completely a, disagree with that comment. It's an ensemble cast, very yes. much like Eternals. So yeah. Eternals was an ensemble cast with maybe one or two people that kind of stood out above the others. Yeah, but it wasn't anyone I would say was a lead in Eternals. And this is very much like I would say it feels very similar to Eternals. And essentially, it's like a, an ensemble cast where different scenes are carried by different characters yeah. and and you see that the journey like you say really things like that what happened with Chadwick Bosman dying um the impact that would have on his family his friends mm-hmm. you don't often see in big budget movies right. normally you do see a recasting but actually you got to see the real impact of something like this yeah so you know when when Iron Man died okay, we got the funeral at the end of Endgame, but we haven't seen any impact other than the second Spider-Man film. Peter Parker goes through some grief during that film. Mm-hmm. But really, because it's quite a light-hearted film, you know, he's still trying to date Mary Jane and still yeah. swing around Europe. And Her name is MJ, not Mary sorry. Jane. <laughs> MJ, sorry. <laughs> uh, like, but really, the grief was only minor because it's yeah. quite a light-hearted film. But this whole film was covered in grief, covered yeah. in... Co- but covered in legacy tradition and actually yeah. the impact of losing a king mm-hmm. and what that uh, and what that sort of means to everybody and I guess in a sense I know we talked about this a minute ago with the royal family obviously we got to see that earlier this year where we lost our queen mm-hmm. and whilst um she lived a full life to the age of 96 and you know it wasn't particularly unexpected mm-hmm. you know I got to see how my country was affected by that and I, I, in some ways, I was quite shocked to see just how everybody in the UK kind of was affected. Like, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people wanted to go and pass their respects to the Queen. And obviously her her, um, her casket was out on display and people could walk past and, you know, um, essentially get to see and, I don't know, pass their respects and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to see the the passing of the torch, so to speak, to, to obviously King Charles and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there there is obviously real world impact, and to see that in this movie, using the legacies and traditions that they'd already created in the first movie, yeah. um, you know, in that society, I, I found it was a very interesting take. While also lining up a new Black Panther and a new enemy in Namor, mm-hmm. it, it felt to me very much like almost a brand new movie, like an origin movie at the same time, as well as a sequel. Right, right. So I think you could have probably watched this movie without watching the first one, um, which is very unusual, but I think they did they did well to, to carry that world on, but making it sort of accessible to new people so yeah i would say uh, that you could you could do that you just would not have any of the emotional impact that everybody else got from having watched the first film yeah yeah definitely i think they did really well and i'm glad that they didn't rush to have black panther so it's like a two and a half hour film and i think you only get black panther for like the last half an hour yeah which i actually was quite happy with like I thought to myself that Black Panther might be in it early. When mm-hmm. I realised that Black Panther wasn't going to be, I was actually quite happy with that. Yeah. I was sort of enjoying that that world that we were we were seeing. And I kind of got lost in the world that they were building. 
following the death of T'Challa, yeah, that I'd actually in my mind push Black Panther away, and I, I knew yeah. that we were going to see Black Panther because I'd seen Black Panther in the trailer, right? But I, I, I didn't really care that Black Panther wasn't rushed in. I, right. I enjoyed because this. they were telling such a good story just about the dynamic between this underwater world and Wakanda that mm. you didn't you didn't need that superhero battle any earlier than it happened. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any favorite characters? Like more than one? Like uh, there's a lot in here. To there are so many. One. I I obviously like Shuri again. She was she <laughs> was my favorite. I also really liked the introduction of Riri Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked the way that Shuri and Riri interacted together. Um, I also, hands down, Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda was, she was phenomenal. That sequence at the beginning where she's talking to the UN and they're all like, Wakanda promised oh, that yeah. you were going to help us and you didn't help us. And she was like, look, I'm sick of y'all trying to steal my shit. Like, <laughs> uh, and, and I just, I love her confidence. Like, the way she carries herself, the way that she kind of the in the funeral scene when Shuri is just so overcome with emotion that she like collapses on the coffin and Queen Ramonda just like pulls her and straightens her up and makes her stand up straight. Like she was so regal. She was so strong. She was so she was so <clears throat> good. Um, I just thought that she was such a pillar in this film. I yeah, so for me, the characters, I think Angela Bassett is probably my favorite in this movie um she was so strong as the queen mm-hmm. uh, like yeah that opening scene at the un where she just marches in those people mm-hmm. like and basically looks down on yeah. france and was like, like here are your mercenaries france thanks so much like, yeah and try they again next re- time <laughs> yeah they were like really quiet like yeah. so so caught out and yeah. uh they probably just didn't think that they were caught out. Like, I love the confidence in France. Like, yeah, yeah, share your stuff. Yeah. But, but we know that we, like, and they would have known that they lost their soldiers in that mission, but they probably thought that they didn't, that Wakanda didn't realize they were French or something. I don't or know. they probably like, thought that they had just killed them. Like, they did, yeah, that yeah. they didnn't, like, keep them alive. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, they couldn't identify who they were or whatever. Yeah. Like, Wakanda, and then Wakanda just marched them in and, you know, and she was like, look, here's your guys back. Yeah. Don't touch my stuff again. And everyone went really quiet. Yeah. Um, probably all gone back to afterwards. They all probably all went back together to say, like, how are we going to steal their stuff? Like, how are we going to do yeah. it? Yeah. Like, because they, like, they're, they're all impatient. They want to steal their stuff. Yeah. So I think in some ways that's probably the one thing that Chella probably shouldn't have done was probably say we're going to share our stuff. Well, like, that's exactly what Namor said. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but Namor and then... Namor, unfortunately, is going about it in the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, so his, his idea is we're just gonna rule them all. So. Yeah, he's he's very like in line with Killmonger. He's <clears> like, no, we're gonna preemptively like strike the surface world. That way I mean they, it's not really gonna, gonna work. It's well. not really gonna work if you can't breathe on land. I mean, it's not realistic. So I know Namor can, but none of his people can. So yeah. how's that gonna work out long time? I mean, you would only be able to attack coastal cities. You wouldn't be yeah. able to attack like interior cities at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not gonna do very well in the in the middle of America, is he? So. No. Like, yeah, Texas should be right. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Texas will be sitting there laughing, going, Yeah, yeah, see you guys later. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like, so, um, anyway, so yeah, so anyway, I think the queen is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think Shuri, I think she's good. I'm just not sure she's probably strong enough for it all to be carried on her shoulders. 
So that's where I think more of an ensemble cast worked in this movie. Yeah. I think if they'd have pushed her forward to be the central character, I'm not sure she's strong enough to carry the whole franchise on her on her yeah. shoulders. Um, but I think that's why it works well as an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my other favorite has got to be Mbaku. Yeah. Like, his, his evolution so was great. Yeah. To see oh, him yeah. actually like not be so combative and just to kind of be like actual counsel. And then there's one scene in the film where he's like, I'm doing what your brother asked me to do. Like your brother asked me to help you to be like a voice of reason to listen to you. And so that's what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I thought that was that just shows how far he's come mm-hmm. and that he yeah. no longer feels like an outsider, that he feels like he is now part of the community instead of just like living up in the mountains, watching everything. I love I love his growth throughout this film. Yeah. Like he he's like he's like, we got to kill oh. the fish man. <laughs> I thought that was so <laughs> funny. Oh, the fish man. That's such <laughs> a great man. comment. <laughs> <laughs> the fish man. He honestly, he should, do you know what I would love if they were to get that actor to do stand up comedy? <laughs> But as as M. Baku, <laughs> like, like to get him to be Baku on, yeah. on at the comedy store. Oh my god, that like, should be a what so if episode. Sweet. That should that, yeah, totally that... be a what if episode. Like uh, get like, Mbaku if... in front of a crowd to do stand up comedy. Oh uh, yeah, what what if M. Baku left his tribe <laughs> and became a comedian? Like that that would. You're be... welcome for that idea, Marvel. Please give us credit or at least invite us to the premiere. Thanks so <laughs> much. <laughs> Honestly, I think. As his character doing comedy, oh, do you know what they should do with um? Oh, shit! What's his name from um? Guns of the Galaxy. Uh, the rest of the guy. What's his oh, uh, Drax. Drax. Yeah. They should do a Drax and Mbaku miniseries. That it live be, action. It should be a buddy cop series. Oh yeah. my god, that would be so funny. Oh, they should. They yeah, would Drax, never get anything done. <laughs> Drax and Baku should somehow team up. Maybe or maybe just a like a TV series. Like not oh TV, not my god, TV I would special. watch that. Oh, I would. I would watch that, that too. Yeah. Like they decide. I, I don't know. Like yeah, that that'd be brilliant. I would uh, watch that. Marvel, yeah. make it happen, please. And remember, you uh, heard it on Geeks Unleashed first. You're welcome. Something, some, something with Baku and Drax, <laughs> or or him at the comedy store. He's but anyway. So Baku, I think he's he's got great comedy timing. Mm-hmm. Like he's so serious otherwise. Yeah. Like when he says, like, oh, you guys have got none of the flower because this wise council decided to put yeah. Killmonger in as king. Yeah. But, uh, you know, i.e., you lot are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, uh, so, but I love how he just speaks the truth in such a comical way. So. Yeah. But at the same time, like he's still rational because, like, at the very beginning, he was like, no, I mean, why are we even having this conversation? Like, kill the fish man. And then toward yeah. the end of the film, he's like, okay maybe maybe we don't kill him like now that i see that they call this man a god if if we kill him that will really really upset his people and then we have turned him into a martyr and we have made a big problem even bigger Mm -hmm. oh yeah if they'd have killed him i mean so basically you take away the leader of a a society that's been in place over 600 years yeah you're going to create chaos yes so it's a bit like when um you know governments decide to go and take away the leader destabilize nations. Yeah, destabilize yeah. nations america is very good well, at that I, I know i was thinking <laughs> that but i didn't want to say anything. uh like you know or or even if they take away the head of cartels yeah, yeah. like then that creates infighting and yes. creates much bigger <coughs> sorry creates much bigger problems so yeah but think about it that's exactly what valentina said that's what she said to <coughs> everett ross at some point she was like listen the only solution that we have as the united states is in order to get Wakanda to do what we want them to do, we have got to destabilize this nation. 
that is that is our plan and Everett Ross is like, no, this is ridiculous. Like they're our allies. And Valentina is like, no, they're not, but we got this. Don't you worry. And then she like had her ex arrested. Like the next thing you see is him in chains, like in a prison van. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I love that. I love that they put them two together. Like as, as previous like husband. And wife yeah. And that was I, when, when he said that, I was like, oh my God, your ex is Valentina. Like that is <laughs> crazy. They don't go together. They don't <laughs> go together at all. At all. Um, so Valentina, actually, well, before we move on from the characters, Valentina, the moment she came in, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, here we go, lining yeah. up the Thunderbolts movie here. Of course, of course. So, so she shows up in um, uh, Captain, not uh, sorry, Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier very, at the very end to recruit, um, I think it's Zemo. Uh, no, not Zemo, sorry. Um, the, the new Captain fake Captain America. America. The, the fake Captain America, I've forgotten his name now. Uh, yeah, fake Cap. Um, yeah. Anyway. And then she shows up at the end of um, Black Widow to recruit um, Yelena. Yelena, and obviously she's going to somehow recruit Zemo. And uh, yeah, it makes me more excited. Yeah. So, so there's, I mean, there's Easter eggs for sure. Like yeah, it, yeah. again, you could still have seen it and not know all of this stuff. Like she is still a very shady character even in this film. But like, you know, uh, I just I thought that was a really good addition. I did not expect Valentina to be in this film. Um, oh no, I did. I didn't expect it to be in it. And, yeah, um, but I like the role that she played, <coughs> and just kind of how, it, it, like when because at the at you know we see the whole thing come full circle at the beginning of the film. Queen Ramonda is like, you cannot have our weapons because we know how you people are. Like we know what you oh, would yeah, do with yeah, them, yeah. and it, that's exactly what Valentina says at the end. And Everett is like, we can't. Like Wakanda cannot give up vibranium they can't because do you know what countries like the u.s would do with it and valentina is like oh my god yeah i have dreamed of what i would do if i had the power of vibranium and it's kind of like you can't let like you can't let the psychos just run free with this unlimited power source you know what i mean so i thought that that was really interesting and it's i love valentina because she never hides her villainy at all she at all like it's not a secret um so throughout throughout the movie We'll talk about the end credits in a minute, but throughout the movie, I think the writing is perfect. I don't, yes. I can't make any changes there. Flows well, structured yeah. well. Uh, I mean, the way they t- the emotion. One of the things I loved was Stormzy's set song kicking in. Like, mm. so Stormzy's a British rapper, in case you don't know. Um, I do know like, because of you. Thank you. Like, so, uh, you should listen to more of his music if you haven't already. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, I just think everything's perfect in this movie. There's no changes I would make. There's no scenes I would alter. There's nothing I would cut or anything yeah. like that. Um, I think they just handled it really well. Um, yeah. I, I would say favourite scenes. It's quite difficult for me to pick a favourite scene. I would kind of section into two things. I would say uh, one of my favourite scenes actually is the mid credit scene. Um, oh, my God. That was, that was of- my third cry. <laughs> uh, but one of my, my – fa- my, so fighting scenes – I would say I love the 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 Riri Williams introduction where mm-hmm. Shuri and everyone there did the car chase scene, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. There's the introduction of Riri going from getting her off the college um, dorms into her cool secret warehouse because, of course, she's got one at 18, years, at 18 years old or how old she is. 19. Like, you know, 19, whatever. Like, you know, of course she's got this hidden warehouse with all this gadgetry in. And, yeah. Um, they kind of explain why yeah. she had it, though. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I know. It's a, it's like, a throwaway line, but still. <laughs> yeah, 
So anyway, like I love that whole fight scene was cool. But then at the end, I love the fight scene between Shuri and Namor. I think that was really cool. And like the fact that it was her intelligence plus obviously now her new fighting skills. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was cool. And I love the moment she decides to save Namor's life. And that's very much something her brother would do. And so that she wasn't influenced by Killmonger. She was actually bearing in mind her brother's mentality rather than than her so essentially her uncle yeah um so went down she went down her brother's route rather than her uncle's route her, her, her uncle would have killed him where t'challa would never have killed him and mm-hmm. like you just said had she killed him things would have got much worse so yeah i think those two were in terms of fight scenes were my favorite um but the uh, but the rest of the film is kind of littered with very sort of emotional scenes oh yeah i think angela bassett i think i loved her opening scene at the UN that's probably one of my favorite scenes of her but I would say just the whole movie in general is just such a strong movie yes. and I can't fault it in any way yeah. so um do, do you want to add anything to that or? yeah okay so as far as favorite scenes go uh I have quite a few first of all like when it comes to the writing when they are doing the Namor introduction and they're like you know my people call me Kulka Khan and and you know, Kukulkan is like a serpent god. When they are telling that story, they pulled so much actual history from the Maya people that inhabited the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. Because like when I went to Chichen Itza, uh, and we are learning the story of Kukulkan and like all of his exploits, like it was so interesting to me that they pulled so much real history into Namor's background, and I found that fascinating i thought that was just such a really cool intersection of real life and this fantasy world that they've created so the fact that they use real gods and real history uh i thought was really really cool when talking about the backstory of namor and as far as favorite scenes when shuri takes the manufactured heart-shaped herb and she goes to the ancestral plane and instead of her mother she sees killmonger i was like I am about to lose my mind. That was so perfect. It was so perfect because he completely encapsulates all of the rage that she's feeling. And she has all of this rage built up inside of her and she doesn't know what to do with it. And the fact that she saw Eric instead of her brother or her mom or her dad on the ancestral plane, I thought that that was phenomenal i thought that was just phenomenal writing like because nobody expected that of all the people sitting in, on that throne i never expected it to be killmonger you know what i mean and like it's almost like you forget that he went through the whole process and actually became black panther for a little while so like to see him again and just the way that he was kind of like hey cuz what's up like you, know, you're the one that picked me to be here and she's like i would never have picked you to be here and he was like hmm, really so he's still very much his snarky self that we remember him as in the first film. And the watching the interaction between Shuri fighting with her internal demons to not do what Killmonger did, um, when that comes into play later when she asked Namor to yield, I was like, this this is too this is too perfect. Um so that was definitely one of my favorite scenes. And another favorite scene was like you said the the mid credits which for all we'll of talk the about people- that. we'll talk about it now like so basically just before that mid credits so the scene um like we said it was a movie about grief so very early on 
Angela Bassett and uh, sorry, uh, what's her name? Queen Ramanda and Shuri are burning the um, their the funeral garments, garbage, yeah, funeral yeah. garments. Uh, and they said they do it a year after the death, and so they they bring her close to mourning um, and sort of start to move on. Um, so Queen Ramanda burns uh, hers. Um, this is just before they meet Namor. Shuri doesn't want; she's not ready at that point to do it. And I actually did think this is quite nice that they held this off for the end of the movie. So mm-hmm. she goes to, um, I've forgotten her name, T'Challa's ex-girlfriend. Nakia. Uh, uh, Nakia. Um, so she drives up there and says, you know, it's ready. I'll come with you. And she's like, no, no, I want to do this on my own. So she goes down and she's sitting on the beach. And it's and I thought, to be honest, it's quite a nice way to end the movie. She's mm-hmm. bringing her uh, morning to a close. I did think in my mind, I wonder if, like, we're not going to see this, but I thought maybe in, like, a year's time, will she do the same for her mum or something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume she's probably not ready to say goodbye to her mum yet, but she's sort of saying goodbye to her brother now mm-hmm. and I thought it was quite a nice way of doing it and then I thought the titles were quite nice that actually then the sort of the titles came up but it wasn't like a black screen or anything it was sort of looked like a sort of a light blanket and sort mm-hmm. of float float sort of uh, wind catching the blanket and the titles coming up across it and it was all very calm and quiet and I just remember the being in the cinema and everyone was very quiet while it was on because it obviously wasn't like this movie wasn't overly joyful and it was actually right. very much a you know a sad movie and you know about T'Challa obviously but Champion Bossman as well mm-hmm. and and unfortunately whilst Angela Bassett uh her character also got killed off in this film which was very shocking yeah so to, to have that you know Shuri's now on her own no father no mother no brother mm-hmm. uh, and she's obviously now got the Black Panther mantle on her and whilst uh I don't think she's going to rule Wakanda. Um, I think that she's still got the weight of that on her, and she's sort yeah. of sitting on the beach and you know doing bringing it, bringing the film to a close, and those things happen. And then suddenly, the mid credits scene comes up, and I didn't expect it to just come back to Shuri sitting on a beach. Yeah, I thought this was going to be very much to line up the next Marvel movie, like you know, I don't know, a clip for another movie or mm-hmm. something. You know, something. You know what I mean, like. Uh, you know, like Winter Soldier or someone or, or, you know, something. So I was like, oh, she's sitting on the beach. And then out comes Nucky with this little boy. And I was like, I know what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, this is this is your auntie. Da, 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 da. And then he says at the end, I, I'm um, Prince T- T'Challa and my dad is King T'Challa. And I was like, well played, Marvel, well yes. played. Yes. I was like, I literally thought, this is how you're going to do it. This is how you're going to bring back Black Panther exactly. as T'Challa. Exactly. In a, but in a respectful way yes. to not recast. Yes. I was like, so I thought this sequence played so well in terms of like legacy yes. and, and uh, yeah, just it very respectful to the sort of right. the franchise to... Um, the fans to his family to his friends right uh like of Chadwick Bosman I mean like and and just I thought well played in doing this because there was a lot of initially no one wanted to be recast recast but then yeah. as time went on people were like no 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 you know recast but actually right. probably you know Marvel had made that decision to not recast yeah and uh, that was a good decision now I see like, yes, um, they they had it under control the whole time for all of those naysayers. Like, I hope you yeah. choke on your popcorn. Um, <laughs> but like, I thought that that was so perfect, especially because with this phase five, phase five is going to be all about timelines, timelines, time travel, different time periods, different multiverses. You now have the ability to build in a time jump 
in the next Black Panther mm. film. So we have this kid at the end of the second film. Whereas by the time we get to a third Black Panther film, you can recast T'Challa as a grown adult and it would fit within the timeline of all of the multiverse madness that is happening in phase five. And it makes perfect sense. Like this is the perfect way to end phase four so that when phase, when it comes time to have this film again in phase five or six, you build in that time jump, you build in that recasting, but you're still honoring the legacy because they have the same name. And I think that that was, that was also very brilliant. Like that was just so well done. And again, that was like my third cry of the film yeah, like yeah. At, the, at the very so, end. So the next Ant-Man does kick off phase five, which is, yeah. we know which Loki was heading this way. And mm-hmm. obviously we, we know it's heading into uh, well, even Doctor Strange is heading this way, multiverses, timelines. Kang is the big villain of Phase 5. Yeah. Um, but my, so I've got expectations for the sequel. I've written down a couple of pointers okay. here. Um, I think the first one you've kind of addressed here. When do I think Black Panther 3 will come out? I think it's going Phase to be six. at least a minimum of five years before we see a sequel. I think it'll be enough of a jump to essentially put in a new T'Challa. Yes. Um, now, maybe a bit more than five years potentially and it could be for and even maybe even into 10 years before we see black panther 3 i don't know like i so i think if they go a little bit longer it would be just to bring in a naturally older t'challa mm. or they could use the timeline thing and have it be a shorter window but i don't think we're going to see shuri as black panther for long no. uh i think she'll stay as black panther if they bring in a number three I don't think they'll kill Shuri off. But I no, do think no, will. she's. It's gonna have to be like she's passing the mantle to her nephew. Yeah, yeah, like because may, may, you know she is she's the scientist girl and yeah. she 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 you know she's more like the yeah. Su- Mbaku is gonna be like in charge of Wakanda, and yeah. Shuri is going to pass the Black Panther mantle to her nephew. Yeah, so I think a future T'Challa won't be the king. Like yeah. initially, I think the next movie T'Challa won't be the king. I think he'll become Black Panther. But he'll very much have to look on to his elders and stuff like that. So I think either we'll that see... or he'll challenge Mbaku and yeah, take, the, yeah. take the crown. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe not initially, but maybe, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, you could see a bit of clashes between the two of them. Yeah. So I think what's next for Shuri is probably to support her her nephew and, yeah. and stuff like that. I think what's next for Namor, I think we'll see him in other movies. I think yes. when Fantastic Four eventually does get a movie. I, not necessarily the first one, but he will be in a Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. We all know that he loves Sue Storm in the in the comics, so you know that's going to happen. And um, I mean, there was yeah. some chemistry between him and Shuri too. Like, I think maybe they could have had something if he hadn't killed her mother. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen now, though. No, her mother, no, not so. now. Uh, but I did love that sequence where he takes her down to Tawakan and shows her mm-hmm. like his underwater kingdom. Essentially, I thought that was really the just the just how civil they were with each other. I really loved that kind of dynamic. I love a dynamic where the villain and the hero can sit down and have a conversation even though they both know that they fundamentally are not on the same page. Um, so I, I hope we get at least a bit more of that diplomacy in the next film. Yeah. Um, okay. So what would you rate this movie? Five. Yeah. Five out of five. So. It's gotta be a five. Also one other thing, my other favorite scene was when Queen Ramonda strips Okoye of her general title and basically tells her you are no longer Adora. Like, get out of my sight you lost my daughter 
And now I have no idea if she's dead or alive. And now I have no husband, no son and no daughter. Like she was your responsibility and you did not live up to my expectations. And I was shocked. Like I was shocked that Okoye got stripped of her title. Uh, but also like by the end of the film, she is not reinstated. Like she is still not a Dora anymore. And uh, Ayo is in charge now. And I just was like, ah, I didn't think that y'all would do that to my girl Okoye like that. I can see why she did it though. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's also a testament to, to Queen Ramonda and Angela Bassett playing that character. Like she was just, she, she was graceful. She was like diplomatic, but at the same time she was, iron fisted like she was she ruled this country the way that a strong ruler should and she was just like i cannot accept your failure like i you know i have treated you like one of my own but i cannot accept your failure failure um you failed to protect the royal family and because of that like you got to go so i mean i think it's a really respectful movie emotional roller coaster action action not not action-packed but strong enough action yeah. scenes but throughout it's, a yeah, very it's emotional. It's so story heavy. It's yeah. such a good story. I think the story is well done. You don't feel like it's like, oh, wanna hurry up. Right. It's 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 got really good pacing. And yeah. I think the fact that we weren't having Black Panther pushed down our throats, like yes. the fact that it's towards the end, I think they handled it really well. So and yeah, you had out. time to like get to know the characters. Like it's yeah. like you said, it's kind of like it's a sequel and an origin film at the same time. So the sequel part is us and Wakanda and Shuri and the morning, but it's also an origin story for Namor and his origins and his morning. And um, I think they played off of that very well. Uh, hmm. And and like you said, they didn't rush anything. Like we don't rush into battle. We don't rush into end sequences. Like it, it's a natural build. And that's probably why this movie is as long as it is. It could have been shorter. I don't know where they would have cut anything, but like, Maybe if it had been 20 minutes shorter, but like it it does really well to be both a sequel and uh, an origin, like you said. I think they, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the time. But anyway, so uh, one thing probably not happy about the time is we've gone quite long. So we'll bring <laughs> this episode to a close. Our uh, double feature. Thanks for listening. Yeah, a double feature. Yeah. So now next episode, as we carry on our um, look at comic related movie comic book related movies we are going to oh. go all the way back to 1996 and review oh, yeah. billy, billy zane's the phantom oh we're taking uh, it way back <laughs> so you can follow us on social media we're geeks and niche everywhere instagram facebook and twitter and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast google podbean apple spotify we are everywhere so please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends oh uh, do you know i just remembered you haven't seen she hulk yet have you no i haven't there's a really annoying white guy in it who like <laughs> Um, he he said he basically gets some Wakanda thingy technology or something, and he goes like he's on a date with Jennifer Walters, and he goes like Wakanda forever, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, just white people that do that. <laughs> like, like there must be people out there that do that. Like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. By the way, no. so <laughs> I was like, it went. It, I don't, the reason I said this is it went through my split second brain to to how cool it would be to end this episode saying that. And I was like, don't be stupid. I was like, <laughs> don't be stupid. I'm never gonna do that thank you for catching yourself mark like and then i just remembered that scene in she hulk and i just thought to myself i bet white people there's white people that do do that and think it's cool like (laughs) so anyway thanks for listening have a good week yes good journey good journey indeed